This is Man Afraid of Everything. Welcome to Second City Improv, Part 4. Just a word of warning. This is a very heavy episode about improv, loss, and grief. Make sure you're in a good spot to listen. Halfway through Improv Level D, my mom passed away from complications from cancer. I... I couldn't. It was impossible. I was lost. I... I couldn't believe it. I didn't know what to do. I just kept going to work, and I kept going to class. Because of everything that happened, I don't remember a lot about Level D. What I do remember is everyone's support, including our teacher, Matt. He never barked at us about anything. I sent Matt a message to thank him for being so understanding. When I got his response, I was in the ER with my dad. They had just found a mass on his pancreas. It wasn't good. None of us could believe it. It had only been a month since my mom had passed. It was October. I kept going to classes. I kept working. Leaves started to fall from the trees. My dad was hospitalized. We visited him every day. We watched the first snowfall from his room. I started level E. I watched improv shows. I performed in shows. I tried to keep it together. It was hard. I think I I kind of fell back into a stoic expression, so most people didn't really know what to think. It was completely overwhelming. I drifted around in shock. Work, hospital, improv. Work, hospital, improv. Work, hospice, improv. I thought about dropping out, but improv class was an escape. I felt a little bit of joy every week. My friends supported me during the heaviest period of my life. Eventually, I made it through level E, and we put up our graduation show. The level C and D shows ran only 20 minutes, but for level E, we got 45 minutes. Remember Michael from part one? It was pretty pretty unreal how nervous I was and everyone else was. Uh, it, it was very different. He kicked off our graduation show. Come on, guys! Uh, all right, finally, what is your favorite movie of all time? I know you all have one. Shout it out! Say that again! Empire Records! Dumb and Dumber! Fargo! You guys are all wonderful. Keep these suggestions coming through the whole show. And now, without further ado, I present Dan and Levi! Here's Logan, Michael, and Zyla in a horror movie. Okay, so that medication we gave her, <laughs> not a good idea. Do you see the green goo coming out of her mouth? 
and it's everywhere. She's getting stronger. She is. She's turning greenish blue, black, orange. She's growing bigger. Oh my God! You gave me the gummies, and I love the gummies. And then Marla, Griffin, and Michael learn the ins and outs of hula hooping. So, you want to pick it up, and then spin it around. <laughs> yes, just like that. Like that. And then when it drops, pick it up again. And just spin it. He's got it. And then Griffin flew. I had some family conflict with Marla. I've always been your evil twin. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought you were the good twin. <laughs> the whole time. I've been like you, but you never knew it. That's because you're so good at hiding it. As I sit here now, talking to you, we're all graduates of the Beginning Level Improv program at Second City, Chicago. I'm incredibly proud of everyone I met along the way. It was just fun to learn improv with them. I was able to show my dad our graduation performance. He gave us a thumbs up. Eighteen days later, my dad passed away. Within three months, I had lost both of my parents. It's been extremely dark, but my family, my girlfriend, and the friends I made in class were there for me. I honestly don't know what I would have done without the people I met in improv. They gave hugs and listened when I needed someone to talk to outside of it all. They made me laugh when I felt my worst. They dropped in next to me looked me in the eyes and asked with true sincerity, how are you doing? They came to the funerals. I was telling Michael, I, I wanted the group to know, but I also didn't want to bring the group down, you know, oh. like by like, cause you guys had nothing, like it had nothing to do with you guys. Why should you feel bad about it? You know, like it felt weird cause like I didn't want to bring the group down all the time, you know, but I also wanted you guys to know like, I'm not necessarily 100% here. Yeah, no, and that's, oh, man, that's, uh, that, like, that makes perfect sense. That's, uh, like, the way that you're saying that. Because, cause, yeah, like, you, you want the people around you to, to know and, like, to be there for your support. And, and then I'm just, like, connecting to it because that's it, sort of, like, how I operate as well. Sometimes there's just moments where you, you just, you want to let people know, but you just, you, um, but everyone has so much stuff going on and, and it's sort of like not their problem. So you just end up not sharing. Um, 
So, um, okay, now my brain's racing about that idea. So I'm going to have to go and think about that some more. Yeah, no, I just, uh, it was just something that I noticed throughout the course of it. Um, uh, the other thing I... With, with that said, I think everyone, uh, you know, when you weren't around and everyone was just like concerned and like wanted you to be around and everyone wanted to be like supportive and like, I think that's one of the like cool things about, you know, about the group and, and just like, especially the group, but just sort of the improv scene is, as a whole is, is pretty supportive. Um, like everyone wanted to find a way to like help you in some way, whatever they could, even if they like didn't know how. It was such a surreal experience, suffering loss and grieving during improv classes. But I wasn't alone. My classmate Logan lost friends to gun violence during the program. I wanted to talk to her about it, but I didn't know how to approach the topic. I put off the conversation for almost a year. Eventually, we did sit down to talk about loss, grief, and improv. When Logan was growing up, it was just a house full of women. So it was my great-grandmother, my grandmother, my mother, me, and my aunt, um, and, uh, and my little sister. So it was like all women in the house living in like one of the like most poverty-stricken neighborhoods in Chicago, which is Inglewood. And uh, yeah, just like growing up with them, like I was very sheltered, so I didn't really go out because it was just like too much going on in the neighborhood. I had to ride my bike on the porch back and forth on the porch. And I'm like, I can't ride my bike. I have a 12 speed. My mother's like, no, you can't go off the porch. They'll steal that bike from you. How the heck am I going to go up and down the porch? You just got to make it work. I mean, I played Uno through the fence. Like my friend was on the other side of the fence. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to stick the cards through. And we just play like that. It was like very, very sheltered. My great-grandmother passed away when I was like 29 and I'm 34. So I had her for most of my life when some people don't even know their great-grandmother. The hardest funeral was my great-grandmother because that's the one person I was really close to. And I didn't get to say bye to her because I was working a job that wouldn't let me off to go see her in time. Um, and then I lost two friends, three actually. I lost one to uh, gun violence. Anniversary's coming up next week. Um, he was shot, and then, like two weeks later, I lost another friend who was killed in his kitchen, and then I lost another friend maybe two or three months later from, uh, I think she was dealing with like cancer, some type of illness. So, I mean, that was three, and they were really, really close. So, yeah, it's just kind of like, as I get older, it's like the people I'm really close with are starting to like, the health is fading, and like they're starting to... Like just, I don't know, pass away. It's kind of hard to deal with when you have to stay positive and like keep going. And it's just, it's like really tough, especially when people keep asking like, well, why are you so sad? Or what's wrong with you? And it's like, you don't want to keep saying it over and over because it's just like pulling from places that you really are trying to like bury. It's not like, you don't want those feelings out all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's, that has to be really, really difficult. What was that like to be in an improv class 
when that happened and i know that you like came to class like right after the wake for for one of your friends like mm -hmm. what is that like what was that like for you uh it's just kind of eerie because they're like oh it's a closed casket no pictures like i don't know why people would take selfies but they do and i was just kind of sitting in the back wearing our high school colors and um then they opened the casket and i just thought it was just so eerie I mean, that one hit me hard because I, I mean, he, he was like really like a class clown, but like the nerd version, like he wouldn't harm anybody. So, um, I like sat there and I, I made sure my flowers arrived and I did not go to watch him get buried because I do not like that part. And, um, but it was just like eerie. And then having to like go to a class where you have to like have energy and be positive and yes and everything. It's kind of hard because you have to like, you're like, you feel bad because you're like, I shouldn't be this happy. I shouldn't be positive. But but you have to. So you have to force it into it. And that happened twice, I think, because my other friend who passed away, uh, his funeral was huge. I, I barely could sit down. But yeah, it's just hard to like see people that you like argue with at the lockers or you were throwing snowballs at them after school or playing basketball with them. And then they're just like gone and they both had kids, both were working, and it's just, it's just weird, surreal. Yeah, like, and, and then you have to go into class, and like, I, I think that was level D, and like, we had to go around the room and say, what, what's something good or something bad that happened this week? And then you had to sort of say what, what happened, you know, and like, did that, by saying that and letting everybody know, did that help you in any way? I think it it just gave everyone the the um, information to know, like, you know, if I am a little down or my scenes aren't up to par or I'm not yes and in as much, it's because this is in my mind. Like, this is my focus right now for today. So I just wanted people to kind of know because I don't want to, like, oh, yeah, I ate a slice of pizza with some Cheetos, like, I need to be real and like let people know like hey this is what happened this is what I'm going through and I that's what I have to get through mm -hmm. and hopefully everybody understands if I'm not 100% in class. Yeah. I would do that sometimes as well. But that was what was hard about for me for improv was that I I don't know like I saw those I was going through those things and then I'm in improv class and like you're on a hamster wheel pretending to be a hamster in a scene and i'm just like picturing my mom like uh, the you know week before it was just weird like what was like could you see that in me if pertaining to you i did not notice it like it looks like you were just all about improv like you're like this is what i'm going through everyone knows but my main focus here because i'm in here doing this is improv like i never saw you falter or waver like we knew you weren't there some days because we knew what you were going through but you're already kind of quiet and just kind of like you get up there you do characters and all and the voices and then you sit back down and then you're quiet so if there was any changes it would have had to we would have had to sit there and like watch you for 24 hours or something to see if you twitched or something because I, I if I was walking into class and didn't know you or your situation i would never have known something was going on yeah the way that i am just in general until i did improv was just very stoic and not showing those things um, to people 
I feel like I'm in the moment more. Like I'm, I'm appreciating stuff and I'm just, I'm here now and this is where I'm at and I'm not always in the future in my head or in the past and stuff like that. Yeah, and I feel like my scenes were becoming more, a little more grounded almost because I'm like, okay, I gotta like, like I'm so serious in my mind, but I have to do this scene. So let me do this, this and this. And it, it's just, it's, it's like helping with the improv because you're pulling from real life, but then I try not to pull too much of it because then it, it, it turns too personal. So yeah, it was like trying to like find a, find the line between the two, like the sadness and the improv and try to mesh it into something. Yeah, it was hard, but I mean, I think we did okay getting through it. Yeah, yeah, I think we did. And it is, it is unique that like we're both kind of quiet, quiet and shy in class. And so it was hard to kind of see like if you hadn't said in the beginning of class what had happened, you may not have noticed that either. Do you feel like the concepts you learned in improv or the people you met in improv helped you through some of those hard times last year? I would say so because um, we were so busy um, doing shows and like, Going to class and staying out late, it's like by the time I get home, I, I was all I could think about was like sleep or how are we going to do the show or just to know that I can just go to improv, like kind of kind of push it away for a little bit and then maybe deal with it at home. But then it's like I deal with it at home and then I come back to class and then I it's gone again. So it kind of helped to like keep it a, keep it at bay instead of just festering all day because I'm not focused on it. Like they say some people like think of stuff and then they go crazy. But this helped me to not go so crazy, like start worrying like, oh, am I next? Oh God, who's next? I just like, just focused on the improv with you guys. Like I kind of pushed it out of my mind, but not all the way. So I was still able to like function because um, if I would just let that linger, like I did with my great grandmother, then I wouldn't be able to function because I kind of like almost like stopped going to school because of that. Because, I mean, she I felt like it was my fault. I'm like, I didn't get over there and everyone saw her but me. And and now she's gone. And, you know, uh, that was it. So, yeah, I think it helped. That is it's it's rough because it's it, you you can't. Like, even if you were able to say something, it wouldn't change what happened. But in a way, it feels like if you could have said your goodbyes, then it would be easier a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was weird because, like, everybody said that I should be there when my mom passed. And, and, and she passed when, you know, we were sleeping. And then I was there for my dad. And that was a totally different experience because we were able to say like goodbye and everything and it was just like still it didn't make it any better like for me i know it can for other people they get closure or whatever but for me it was just like it was just rough to be there for it because i'm the type of person who can't let something go um so like with my mom i know she passed away but i don't see it in my brain all the time like with my dad i see it happening when i'm trying to sleep or just throughout the day like I just picture it again and again and it's just I think it made it harder
Were there times where, like, in improv, where somebody would do a scene that would remind you of something that had happened or that you felt was like it did put you into your head? Hmm. Maybe when, uh, like, people joke about, like, oh, I'm going to kill you or something like that. I don't know why I instantly think about, like, all the people who I know who have passed. Because, I mean, I lost other friends in high school, but it was from, you know, illnesses. They weren't murdered. Um and then I try to like zone out of the scene. Like I try not to listen to the rest of it. And then when people clap, then I, I'm like, oh, okay. And then I start clapping. There's just certain things like hit nerves, but not where I'm going to be like, oh, I can't believe you did that. I hate you. Like I just like zone out until something else comes along just so I don't go back into that, that dark place. You had said, like, when you knew that things had happened with me, like, you felt like you kind of went silent. Like, you weren't sure how to, like, talk to me, maybe. Like, how how was that, like, I don't know. What was that like for you as far as knowing what had happened to both of my parents? Like, did do you feel like you did feel weird around me? Yeah, because I, I, I was like, I was trying to make sure my scenes had nothing to do with mothers or fathers. I knew that right off the bat. I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm staying away from that topic. Like, I was always thinking like that. So it was like, yeah, like, I just kind of tiptoed because I never knew. Because you're so quiet, like, no one really knows, like, okay, should we ask him to do this? Should we tell him this? We're like, no, let's just let him come to class. Like, just let him breathe. Like, let him just... You know, breathe. Period. So, mm-hmm. and, and as far as like outside of class, did, how did you feel? Outside, I I like had questions because I was like, well, why or what? What was it? Was it cancer? And I'm like, no. Um, he'll eventually like probably tell it in like conversation. But like me personally, like I didn't like like I don't like to ask somebody like questions about if they had someone pass away like. Because I feel like it, it'll bring up all their emotions and it might just flood. So I kind of just try to like hear what they let me hear. And so we could tell like as a group, we could see that you were hurting, but we couldn't see it still. Like if that makes sense, it's like we know you're hurting, but we don't see it. Because some people, they're like on the floor rolling around and you're just like, you came to class on time. You stayed out with us. Then you went home. I'm like, I can't. Uh, you're, that's, that's like really being strong. Like, I, it wasn't me. I, I was super weak when my grandmother, great grandmother passed away. But yeah, like, I remember, like, I wanted people to know, but I didn't want to really be defined by it. Like, so, like, it was hard because I wanted people to know this, but I also didn't want them to think like, oh, he's the guy whose parents died. Like, oh, yeah. and that I'm, I'm weird. Like, uh, it was yeah, weird. Yeah, like, you know, judging you or like, hopefully no one has done that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would just be that, like, I did start to wonder if I was quieter in scenes or not as good at improv or comedy because this happened. Yeah, you start to second guess, like, okay, maybe this is not what I need to do. But you're not, you, you're not realizing at the moment, like, okay, this just happened to me. Maybe I should 
skip this class, come back next week, or just miss the max and then come back. It's like you start second guessing everything you do. Like, oh, I shouldn't be waking up at this time. Oh, I shouldn't be eating this anymore. It's like you start second guessing every single thing down to the toothpaste. And that's what um, I used to do when my great grandmother passed. We were going to have our first pillow fight, and that, uh, I, th- I think it was like a Friday. So, like, that Thursday, we had class, and I was on my way to class, uh, and I was trying to find street parking for, like, the first time. <laughs> and I was all worried about that. And that's when Katie called me, and she told me, the doctors don't think your mom's going to wake up. And I was just like, what? Like... And so I like, I just started crying like in the car and just like, what? (laughs) Like, it was just like, you couldn't even believe it. Like, it just didn't make any sense. And then I remember the next morning, like when it was for real, I remember sending an email to Zyla, like, sorry, I'm not going to be able to be in the show tonight. My mom, they don't think my mom's going to wake up. (laughs) And it was just like, I don't know why I was worried about the improv show. (laughs) Like, it was like, yeah, yeah, because it's like you, you want to let them know what's going on, but it's like it's almost to the point where like, oh, my God, like I'm just going to have to just tell them about it later like or give them a heads up later because this is like the main focus. Yeah, it was it was rough, but I, I see what you mean. Like you were so you were worried about the improv, but it's like, man, forget this. I got to yeah. focus on my mom. Yeah, it was just kind of absurd that I was worried about that. Um, I don't know, like I'm just curious. What is it like for you to hear that that happened? I was just like in shock because I was like thinking about like all the things I like say to my mother when I'm upset. And I'm like trying to be like open more of my mother and like not being so like getting upset. It's only because I'm tired, but I try to like squash that and be like, OK. And then uh, with my father, too, like trying to be more like open to him, like talking to him more. So, like, it was, like, all this stuff that I was thinking about. And when it was both your parents, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I, it, what shocked me was they were they both passed away, like, almost back to back. Well, no, it was back to back. And that, like, scared me because I've always been with my mother like you've always been with your parents. I mean, my parents, they're, I guess, still fairly young. But it's like I keep forgetting they're getting older. Like, they're not going, they're not Benjamin Buttons running around. So it's like. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and I can't control it. Yeah, just to know if something happens to them, like, and for you to be still coming to class and still doing the shows, like, I probably would have just stopped everything. Like, I got to, I need, like, a year of, like, detox of everything to see if this is what I still want to do. So, yeah, it was hard just to see it, just to hear it and see it. It's just life. Is really hard. I think we both entered improv at like a good time, like perfect timing. Even though I've been been in Second City for a while, but um, the acting it wasn't as embracing. Like everybody was kind of like doing like it was like a competition almost. I felt like, but with improv, it's like once we got to know each other, then we were all like together. Like we were friends. Like we weren't competing. Everybody's just being funny, having fun. So I just, I think we have like a connection. Like, that's why I'm like 
so glad I met you and all the others because um I'm I I was becoming a loner until improv and then I had to open back up because I had like closed everybody out. But um people always say, Well, I can't tell from your social media. I'm like, Yeah, but I don't know half those people. Mm-hmm. I I feel like I wouldn't have been able to get through it without you guys. <laughs> like and the just having the support system and the distractions, like you said, and just like knowing that I have a place I can go and laugh for like three hours. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I wouldn't suggest it for everyone cause everyone's not going to do it. But like, if you're struggling or doing something, try an improv class, at least a beginning class, just to see if it can get your mind off of it. Even though, I mean, it's not going to go away forever, but I mean, it'll help a little bit with the, with the pain a little bit. I remember the night of our first improv show. My girlfriend told me how much fun my mom and dad had watching us perform. My mom told me afterwards, You always loved performing. You were in all the plays when you were little. And then, for whatever reason, you went into your shell. I'm still trying to break out of it. When my dad first got sick, I was reading a memoir by David Kushner about love, loss, and grief, called Alligator Candy. The author's father had experienced heartbreaking losses, and he'd assembled these notes on grief. What happened is real. There is nothing you can do to change it. So, what happens to you? Who do you want to be? Thanks for listening to Season 2. I want to thank my parents for everything. Thanks for driving me to that first class at Second City in 2005. Man Afraid of Everything was produced by me, Jed Stoneham, with help from Sylvie Douglas. Thanks to my girlfriend, my family, and friends. Thanks to my classmates for sharing their stories. And thanks to Second City, Kimmy, and all of our instructors. You can find more episodes at getafraid.com. Theme music by FF Low Beats. If you like the show, subscribe and tell a friend.